Welcome to Quotable, a female millennial entrepreneur podcast. The show by and for female millennial entrepreneurs who are building and running thriving, successful businesses while living life to the fullest. I'm your host, Alessandra Polina, owner of Quotable Media Co., a PR and media company. After nearly 10 years of building a PR agency, I've learned a lot about business and entrepreneurship, but the most valuable things have always come through conversation with other women who have been in it too, and I want to share all of that with you. So sit back, fill your coffee cup up, and listen in. Hey, Quotable listeners, are you holding off on marketing your business because you're worried about what people will read when they land on your website? If you've had rewrite website copy on your to-do list longer than you care to admit or have a downloads folder full of templates collecting digital dust, stop what you're doing right now and open a new browser window. Big Picture Copywriting helps founders with conversion copywriting and brand strategy services that get results by staying human. Big Picture takes a holistic look at you and your business so that your messaging isn't just some words on the page. It's actively compelling your audience to buy, book, and subscribe. More money with your messaging sounds like a dream, right? Big Picture clients have appeared in Forbes, The New York Times, Apartment Therapy, Rising Tide Society, and more. Time is money, so stop wasting it trying to rewrite your about page for the 100th time. Head to bigpicturecopywriting.com to get your website, email, sales, and launch copy written for you. That's bigpicturecopywriting.com. I'm so excited to have Nicole Morong on here today, the founder of Peterkin Financial, who's been on once before a long, 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 long time ago. And we wanted to have her back. So thank you so much for coming on again. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat. Me too. And since you've been on before and we can direct people to the episode, even though um, I don't know. I'm always a little like embarrassed to direct people to episodes that were like from like, <laughs> like I think that was within like the first year that I was doing the podcast. Like I'm sure I, I don't know. No, I think it was good. I, I mean, I know it was a great episode. I remember actually there was so much value and information. I'm pretty sure we broke it into two episodes. So yeah, people should go look for that. But in case anybody doesn't want to, will you give us like a super quick overview of kind of just like your background in business, like how you got started and like yeah, how you're how you came to be running your business and what it is today, but like just like the Clipsos version in case they've already heard. Sure. Um, so I am a certified financial planner. I have been in business for just over 12 years. And I think last time I was on the podcast, I was just doing one-on-one financial planning. So what that means is I would have clients, some of them were small businesses, some of them were individuals. But basically, my job is to look at everything that they have going on with their financial situation and then everything that they want to achieve in terms of their goals or in terms of like what they're struggling with or what they're looking to um, achieve, either in terms of like savings or investments or lifestyle. Um, And then basically, my job is to have the money support those goals, like help them figure out like, how do I actually get everything that I want. If this is what the lifestyle that I want is, this is what my savings goals are. This is what my investments are. How do I make smarter choices about my money? So I still do that. I still have one-on-one clients, um, but my focus has shifted a little bit because now I have, I started realizing working with clients that many of my small business owner clients were really struggling with like not taking enough money out of their businesses and not really understanding how to like, optimize their business finances. Like really like, how do I take more money out of my business so that it supports my 
ideal life and isn't like business planning is over here and personal planning is over there. And just whatever I happen to have at the end of the year, happen to get out of my business, I'll try to work with. Instead, like I wanted to help them really dig in and figure out like, how do I get more money? So I have more lifestyle, more money to spend and more money to invest. And so now I run a group program um, for small business service-based entrepreneurs um, to teach them that, to teach them like the step-by-step of how I've implemented that in my own life and how they can do it too. Because I feel like there's a lot of people out there who help people with their money, but it's all around like personal finances and not about their business unless it's like their bookkeeper or their accountant, which is very different. I like that because... Yeah, I feel like it's so connected, but the different thing, yeah, people, you, you, people mostly approach it in like different ways. And I'm like, there is no way for me to separate, like, even when I do, I don't know, like anything that's like kind of like personal development stuff, or even like, like, um, thinking of like when you do like money manifestation stuff, and it's like these affirmations of like how much you want to make and like how much you want to bring in. And I'm always like, I'm already confused because like, am I thinking like, do I say how much I want my business to bring in or do I want to say, but that's so different than what I actually pay myself or like what I get. And am I going to actually manifest money from something else and not my business? And then it's going to feel like I have money, but like, I'm not going to be able to pay my team. Like I, you know, I want like, cause I want that to, I want it to be money coming through the business and it can be so confusing in that way, just because like everything is so connected And it's really hard to approach personal finances without having it be super connected to business and understanding that stuff. And it's really hard for me to like think about just business finance stuff without seeing that whole picture of like what that means personally. So I feel like that's so valuable and what we all need right now, probably. Yeah. I mean, the way that I think about it is like, I completely hear what you're saying. It's like your business and personal are so intertwined and they almost feel like the same thing. It's like, but, but it's also not the same thing. Cause I could bring in $200,000 for my business and still hardly afford to pay myself $40,000 a year. You know what I mean? Like, because there's so many expenses or the way your team is laid out or the way that, you know, this get, if you don't have like your revenue on a recurring monthly schedule or something, like there's so many different things that play into it that it can be like, yeah, I'm making a ton of money, but I'm also not making money or vice versa. In some ways, I'm sure there's like, you know, you could be paying yourself a ton, but like your business looks like it has no profit. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Money. Yeah. No, I, I mean, it goes both ways. I guess I've never had that other problem, but it's so funny because like the conventional wisdom is that um, you want to make more money in your business. And when we're doing business planning and when you're planning for your revenue, it's like, how much do I want to make next year? But like how much you want to make in your revenue, you're right, has nothing to do or has very little to do with what you take home because like your expenses change, (laughs) right? And it's like, so it's not about what you earn, it's what you keep. It's like, I can make $500,000 this year and take home more than if I make $600,000 next year, because next year I have a bigger office or I hired somebody differently or, or in order to make that extra hundred thousand dollars, I had to sign up for, you know, Kajabi and I had to hire a business coach and I had to do, you know, X, Y, and Z. And so it's like, we always start, I feel like as entrepreneurs, we always get told to start with like, how much do you want to make and reverse engineer it? But Mm -hmm. that how much you want to make is never or very rarely rooted in how much you want to take home. And I think that like, that's the main thing that I try to 
emphasize. I almost think that that's like the most important thing is like starting with how much do you want to spend? Do you want or need to spend personally? And then you should reverse engineer your business expenses and revenue and everything based on what you ultimately want to take home. And everything should be like what you want to take home for lifestyle, for savings, for investments is the beginning, like is the starting place. And then you figure out all your business. Yeah, I think that's a good way to think about it. I think, yeah, so much of the time it's like, well, I want to get to a six-figure business or whatever, right? Like, it's like, here's how much I want the business to be bringing in. But yeah, it just, it doesn't make sense. Like once you're at a place where you either have a team or you're hiring even contractors or people to help you or just like those bigger expenses to grow the business, like it just doesn't, yeah, that doesn't make sense because it's not rooted in like any actual take-home goal. So wait, I want to back up for one second because you kind of said super quickly, um, like that it's different than like a bookkeeper and, uh, um, what did you say? Different than like a bookkeeper or a accountant. accountant. Yeah. I, so just super quick because I'm always like, I always find all that whole world a little bit confusing. Like, can you tell people like how, what you do, like what's, how's it different? And, or like, how do you work with like those other things? Like if someone's like, Oh, would I hire you or, um, or do I need a bookkeeper or, or do I need an accountant? How do people know which one they need? And like, how is what you do different or similar, I guess, in a super quick way? A bookkeeper basically categorizes your expenses, right? Like that's the whole point of a bookkeeper. So if you have like QuickBooks or accounting software, you can do your own bookkeeping or you can hire somebody to look at all your expenses and categorize them. And they're basically organizing your spending. So your bookkeeper is just like aggregating information and organizing it so that it's easier for you to look at. And so that it's easier for your accountant to look at when it comes to filing taxes. Um, when it comes to an accountant, an accountant literally just files your taxes. So an accountant can do tax planning with you. Not all accountants do tax planning, but accounts are ba- accountants are basically just like filing your tax return for you. They're filing your corporate tax return, they're filing your personal tax return, and they're taking the information that either you give them from your receipts and your statements, right, or your Excel spreadsheet or whatever, or like they're pulling from your QuickBooks that your bookkeeper put together for you in order to be able to see like, here's how much you made, here's how much you spent, here's what's tax deductible, and here's what you owe in taxes. And so an accountant can also say like, they understand based on whether or not you're incorporated or whether whether or not you have employees or whatever, like what different retirement accounts you might be able to contribute to, to save on taxes and things like that. Um, but accountants and bookkeepers usually aren't like digging into how much are you paying yourself? Why are you paying yourself that? How much are you taking out of your business? Why are you taking that out of your business? How do you have, like, how much should you be contributing to your SEP IRA or your 401k in order to be able to um, retire on the times, on the schedule that you want? Um, They're not always talking about or looking at like whether or not you should pay your kids or put your vehicle on your uh, business or things like that. So like typically they're looking at like what you're already doing. And unless you're like asking them specific questions related to tax planning or relating related to different um, opportunities that you think that you might be eligible for, they're kind of just like looking at what you're already doing and figuring out what you owe and, and how things should lay out. Right. Mm-hmm. So 
how I'm different is like, I'm looking at the whole picture and I'm saying, well, look, you're making this much in revenue here. I'm looking at all of your business expenses. And then typically I'm like looking at all of your personal expenses too. And saying like, oh, okay, well, you know, like, why are you paying for your car personally after tax? Like that could go on your business. Let's ask your accountant about that. Or, okay, your kid is showing up to your salon and sweeping the floor or like organizing color or whatever on the weekends because they're your child and you expect them to help and it's part of their chores. This is a family business, but like they're actually working. So you could pay them tax-free on the business. Like the business doesn't have to pay any money in taxes for their salary. It's tax deduction. And then your child doesn't have to pay any taxes on that money up to a certain limit. So why don't you actually pay your child you know, $12,000 this year for working in your business, you don't pay taxes, they don't pay taxes. And now they have $12,000 to pay for summer camp, to pay for their before and after care, to pay their way on the family vacation, to put into their 529 plan or a Roth IRA for them or other things. And so like, you have a lot of stuff going on with your personal situation and with your business. And you're kind of just running your business. Oftentimes what I see with my clients, like without any kind of strategy, it's like, oh, this expense came up. So I'm going to, I'm going to spend the money or I'm not going to spend the money, but you're not thinking about how it supports or takes away from your personal financial goal achievement or your lifestyle. And you also might not be looking like, is this really driving my ROI? And you also might not be looking at, is this really a tax deduction or is this not a tax deduction? And so I'm kind of like educating my small business clients and kind of walking them through and giving them my expertise to try to like coordinate their personal and their business and to work with their accountant and their bookkeeper to make sure that they're taking home more money out of their business by like really looking at their opportunities in a critical way and like understanding all of the opportunities available to them, not just is this deductible or not. Yeah. Oh my God. It all sounds so complicated. And I've heard that thing about paying your kids before, but we should talk about that more later because I <laughs> I feel like I need to figure that out. I mean, mine's only eight. So I feel like there's only so much I could like really say he's doing, but I feel like that's something I should look into for sure. Um, so, but that's a great segue into what we were want to talk about, which is like, how you, so you say you can, that you have like strategies or certain ways, of course, this is different for every single business. Everybody's situation is unique. I feel like you always have to preface that. Like when it comes to anything mm-hmm. to do with finances or was it like finances are legal, right? But you have certain strategies that you say every business can basically find an extra 10 K in your business. Like if you do these things and I love the sound of that, because I feel like we all, could use an extra $10,000 <laughs> once in a while. So what are some, like, let's dive into that. I want to dive into that. Like, what are some of the things we should be looking at? How can we, how could I find $10,000 today? Yeah. So I have a like strategy guide on my website, uh, peterkinfinancial.com and it's find 10K in your business. Now, the whole idea behind that is like in all of the hundreds of different like clients, financial situation, like financials that I've looked at as small businesses, there's always money sitting on laying on the table, like, or being left on the table. Right. And so it's like, typically without even needing to earn another penny, if you just understand what you're looking at and looking for, there's money hiding in your business, right? There's money hiding in your personal finances too, right? That's not, that's not unique, but usually in your business, there are more opportunities for finding cash. So the main 
point of your business is to fund your personal life. You're ma- you're running your business because you want to make money and you want to make money because you want to take home more money. You either want it to fund your lifestyle or you want it to fund your future spending or savings or investment goals. So when you're looking at your business, there are three different ways that you get CEO compensation out of your business. You get paid from your business by salary, by owner's draws, and by personal benefits that are paid for by your business. So what I mean by that is there are things that you would pay for even if you didn't have a business, right? Even if you didn't have a business, you'd pay for internet, you'd pay for your car payment, you would pay for health insurance, you'd pay for your cell phone bill, you would pay whatever. You might still like have an Audible subscription, um, whatever kinds of things. Like there are a bunch of things that like are tax deductible on your business, like self-help books, you know, things like that. You're pay- you can pay for on your business and get a legitimate tax deduction on those things. But if you didn't have a business, you would pay for them anyway, right? You're still going to have a car if you don't. But if your business can pay for it, it's tax-free or either 100% or 50% or some piece, right? If if it's eligible as a legitimate business deduction. But if you pay for it personally, you have to pay taxes on it and then spend the money. So if you have to pay taxes on something in order to spend the money, especially if you're a business owner, you're going to be paying way more money, right? For that thing than if you pay for it pre-tax. Because if you can, if you can earn $10,000 from your business and then use it to pay for your car, mm-hmm. and that's legitimately a business expense, you get to actually spend $10,000 on the car. But if you are getting like a salary as an employee or you're even getting a salary from your business as an employee, whether you're working for somebody else or not, you are paying taxes on that salary, right? You have to pay federal taxes. You have to pay state taxes. You have to pay FICA, whatever, whatever. You have all these deductions come out and then you might only be left with $8,000, And now you can only get $8,000 worth of car for the same $10,000 of client earnings. So like, that's why it's so important to look at these three areas, your salary, your owner's draws, and business expenses, tax-deductible business expenses that can give you personal benefit, all as legs of your business compensation, right? And to make sure that anything that is legitimately tax-deductible as a business expense that gives you personal benefit goes on your business, right? You don't want to pay for something personally just because you can. You're you're overpaying for it if, right. it's, if it would legitimately be a tax deduction on your business. And then in terms of other kinds of personal benefits, like your business can um, do a 401k match for you or do a profit share for you. It can, you know, put money into your health savings account for you if you have a high deductible health plan. It can, you know what I mean? Like your business can put away money above and beyond just regular personal expenses. Your business can pay your children who are working in your business. And then you get that money out of your business tax-free as well. Like things like that, that you want to be like proactively thinking about as extra compensation. Because just because it's not coming to you in salary or in an owner's draw, doesn't mean that it's not saving you money and actually resulting in you taking home more. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, it really does add up, right? Like I feel like even just when you started saying that, I was like, oh, all those things like, you know, buying books. I'm like, is that worth the hassle? Like Amazon's already attached to my personal credit card. 
I mean, actually, it's not a good example because I'm pretty sure I have my business one on there too because I do sometimes. But um, I'm like, it's going to be the difference of, you know, cents on the, you know, or a couple dollars. Like if I like add all my business, the business books to my expenses. But when you think about it in terms of like a car or something like that, like something that could be a difference of like thousands of dollars. It's such a good point. And I feel like I'm terrible at that because I'm always like, oh, it's just easier to pay for it personally then figure it out as like a business expense, but there's probably a lot. There's probably a lot there left on the table. So I think that's really good to keep in mind. All the things we can yeah. use, like a bonus, right? Like, and we are, we're already paying so much in taxes for working for ourselves. Like there's so much tax, like let's, let's try to keep a little when we can. Well, I mean, that's the whole thing. It's like the, so one of the things that I, experience personally and that I noticed all the time is like people like most entrepreneurs don't really understand like what's tax deductible and what's not right it so like complicated so sometimes I'm like rather than try to figure it out or make a mistake like I'll just buy it because I was gonna buy it anyways kind of thing yeah so you can go either way right like you can either like spend too much personally because you're not sure if it's a business expense or not you can also like there are some people who will say like oh I don't even pull a paycheck I don't get any money out of my business and then when you look at their QuickBooks then it's like they are you see in their QuickBooks like Anthropology, DoorDash, whatever. <laughs> and they're like paying for all this stuff on their business credit card or out of their business bank account that, you know, one is probably personal and two actually isn't tax deductible. Right. And so then it's like, all right, because the money's just like slipping through the cracks because they're like spending it, they think that, like, oh my God, my business is not profitable yet. I'm not taking any money home. I have negative right? I have negative profit margin, but really if they just like stopped spending in those areas and recouped that money, stopped looking at it as business expenses, like they would have more money to take home. So like a good example of that is meals and entertainment. Like people always say, um, oh yeah, like meals and entertainment are deductible at 50%. Like some people think that that meals on your business are 100% deductible. That's not true. And entertainment actually isn't deductible at all anymore, but I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. The whole point, <laughs> the whole point is, is that meals, if you're paying for food for meals on your business, that actually is tax deductible. You get a 50% deduction. So if you spend 10 bucks on lunch, $5 of that $10 is deductible. Okay, great. It's still better to put it on your business than to pay for it personally. But that meal is only deductible if you are on a legitimate business trip away from home, right? And it, it like, or if you're taking a client out for lunch for a specific business purpose, right? Like, why are you taking that person out? Not just because they're a client, but it's because to talk business or to get referrals or whatever. And it's supposed to be clear. You're actually, per the IRS, supposed to record who you, on the receipt, you're supposed to write on the receipt, who you had lunch with and what you talked about in case you get audited, right? So it's like you, my office used to be like next to a 101 grill or something. If I'm at my office and I'm hungry and I like run out to Starbucks or I run out to get lunch at 101 Grill during the middle of the day, I'm at work. That's not a business trip. That's not actually tax deductible at all. So like that's not a 50% deduction. That's a 0% deduction because that's like me 
like eating, like if I'm on break, if I work for a company, if I'm an employee at a company and I'm on break, like, does my company pay for my lunch? No, I'm at work. You have to eat something. You know, you have to eat something like that's not a business expense. You have to eat. So like, that's just a small example, but part of the way that you can find 10K in your business is by like looking at your business expenses more critically, taking personal expenses that you're spending personally and paying taxes on that actually are business deductions and putting it on your business. Mm-hmm. And then understanding that things that aren't deductible actually aren't. And then maybe it will reduce what you spend. Because like I've had clients that I've met with spend $10,000 in a year on like all the meals that are in their QuickBooks. Just as an example, this might not be you spend $10,000 on meals in their QuickBooks and because they think it's a tax deduction. So they're like, oh, it's a business expense. It's a business expense. I'm getting a tax deduction on it. It's meals. And then once you tell them that like, actually none of that is deductible, you paid for that personally and you had to earn $14,000 with clients to pay for that 10 grand. They're like, shit, I'm bringing my lunch to work now. Like all of a sudden the expense disappears. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. It's like, they feel like it's like free money or something. So they might as well go out to lunch every day, but otherwise it's not it's not a business expense and like a business expense still is an expense Um, so one of the areas on that strategy guide um is if you're incorporated like making sure that you talk with your accountant about like what a reasonable salary is because like that's another area that's really common especially if you're making more money in your business you're making more money in your business you're incorporated. Maybe in the beginning, you like struggled to just pay yourself a $20,000 salary, but like now it's 30. Now it's 40. Oh my God, I'm making more money. I'm like at multiple six figures now. Like I could pay myself a hundred thousand dollars. And like the client, right? The entrepreneur is like making decisions about what to pay themselves based on what feels good as like, uh, or what their business can afford to pay them as a salary instead of what makes the most sense from like a tax perspective, mm-hmm. right? And the truth is like one of the main benefits of incorporating is that if you pay yourself a salary, you don't have to pay self-employment taxes on your owner's draws, on your profit. And so if you're paying yourself a $150,000 salary, when really you could be paying yourself an $80,000 salary, you're paying an extra $70,000. You're paying payroll taxes, W-2 payroll taxes on an extra $70,000. When as an entrepreneur, like you have the ability to choose how much salary you pay yourself and how many draws, how much you pay yourself in draws, as long as your salary is reasonable. And so like- Taxes on the salary, but not the owner draw. So yeah. if you take a smaller salary, you're paying taxes on less. And then the owner draw, you're getting tax-free essentially. Yes. I mean, you still have to pay income taxes on it. And like, that's the other piece is like many entrepreneurs don't realize that like you get double taxed no matter what, whether you're incorporated, whether you're not incorporated, if you're a small business owner, you're getting taxed in some way at the business level. And then you're getting taxed personally on income taxes, right? So like, you're paying taxes either on your net profit if you're not incorporated. And then that net profit after tax is going to your um, personal tax return. Or if you are incorporated, you're paying tax on your W-2 on the business. I mean, yeah, you're paying tax on your W-2 on the business side. And then um, you're also like paying income taxes. Mm -hmm. Like the employer and the employee both pay like 
pieces of the FICA taxes or pieces of the taxes on the pay on the payroll. And then you pay again as it flows through like your personal tax return. So you're always paying taxes. <laughs> uh, how depressing. Yeah. That's why it seems like there's never nearly as much as you expect. <laughs> yeah. But that's like, that is why it's important to like, I mean, I can't believe how many, there are accountants that talk to their clients about what is or isn't a reasonable salary. And they'll say like, okay, like, but usually it's because you're underpaying yourself. So if you're somebody who's like underpaying yourself and you want to pay yourself 20K a year and you were paying yourself 20K a year when your business was making 100,000 and now your business is making 500,000 and your expenses haven't increased at the same rate, Mm. then your account's probably going to say like, we need to bump that salary up or you're going to get audited, right? Because like $20,000 is probably not a reasonable salary for the owner of a company if you have this much profit, right? They're going to they're gonna say something about that. But they don't always necessarily, like some accountants will just say like, how about 60? You know what I mean? And there's not really a conversation, but like, a reasonable salary is one of those gray areas where it's like a reasonable salary is what you can justify. So if I know that I have gotten my business to a place where like, really, I only work three days a week and I, I'm making whatever I'm making, but I'm only working three days a week and my hourly rate is just more, right? I just have more expertise. I can charge more as a, as a dollar per hour. Even if I'm doing project based, you don't have to charge hourly to like make this work. But like, maybe I can justify that like I only pay myself 60 grand because maybe financial planners who work full time 40, 50 hours a week make a hundred or 150,000. So like, it would be reasonable that like, Hey, I'm basically part-time. So my salary is 70 K and I'm going to take a hundred thousand dollars as an owner's draw. And like, that's the way that I can keep more of the money that I'm earning. And I'm going to run that by my accountant to say like, Hey, do you think that this passes the sniff test? Um, but that's like, those are the kind of conversations that like aren't necessarily being had. And like, that's something that was one of the strategies in my find 10 K in your business guide, because I literally have had clients where it's like, I'm looking at their numbers. I'm like, okay, like you're paying yourself 150,000 and your net profit is whatever 20,000. Cause they're spending so much money in their business. Like, why, like, why'd you pay yourself 150,000? And it's like, I don't know. I just figured I was making more money so I could give myself a raise. And it's like, that is like a huge red flag. It's like, you might be giving yourself a raise on paper, but you're actually taking less money home than you could be because your salary is inflated. Not because that is a reasonable salary for what you do. Your salary is inflated because nobody helped you or, or guided you through this. Right. I feel like I should say my salary is, is higher because that sounds good or feels good. It's like vanity, right? It's vanity yeah, numbers. It's making the money. What if so? So I mean, what if somebody doesn't really know, like me, what like when, <laughs> what does the owners draw mean? Like, can you still take that every two weeks or something, or every month, or is that something that's meant to be like at the end of the year you get to take like you could take like your seventy thousand dollars extra as the owners draw? Like, is there any like difference between what that actually or is it literally kind of could be essentially like you're just not calling it a salary, but you're still paying it to yourself regularly. How does uh, and, owners, and owners draw any money that you, if you take your business credit card and you buy something on your business that isn't a ta- isn't tax deductible, that's automatically going to be classified by your bookkeeper as an owner's draw. So okay. like any personal spending that you do on your business is automatically an owner's draw. And any money that you move from your business checking to your personal checking 
is an owner's draw. So you can literally take an owner's draw every single day if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, you can take it once a year. You can take it once a quarter. You can take it on whatever cadence. So it doesn't matter. It's it that way. Right. So like your salary, you might take, get a paycheck, a W-2, right? You might get your payroll weekly or bi-weekly or once a month, but you can take an owner's draw to fill in the gaps of that. Mm. Part of the problem is like, I guess it's not really a problem, but like part of what is really valuable is like looking ahead to see to plan on what your salary is, what your business is paying for that is like for your personal benefit, what your draws are going to be and what your business expenses are going to be and deciding that the year in advance. Mm. So like that's something that um, that I teach in Profit to Wealth and like in my group program and like walk my students through is like, I know exactly how much my business is putting away for me in my 401k. I know exactly like how much my business is paying in personal expenses of my personal expenses that are tax deductible in advance. I know how much I'm expecting an owner's draw and how much my salary is going to be all ahead of time. And I can see like, okay, so if if I think that I'm going to make baseline $500,000 this year, you know, this is how much is going to taxes. It's how much I expect is going to taxes. This is how much I'm planning to spend on true business expenses in my business. And this is how much I'm actually taking home. And I can predict, it's not the exact same amount every month, but I can predict over the course of the year and every quarter, how much money I actually get to spend out of my business. And being able to do that is so valuable because that's how you can say, oh yeah, that's how I'm paying for that vacation. You know what I mean? Like you can make decisions about what you have available to spend, save and invest. If you know that, and I feel like people find it really hard to because there's always this like, well, I don't really know what I'm going to make this year. Mm. It's like, well, I don't really know exactly what I'm going to make either, but I know within a reasonable amount of certainty how much minimum I'm going to make. And so like, that's what I tend to work off of is like, Mm. what did I make last year? How did I spend it? I always look back at like, how did I spend it? This is like part of my business planning. And then it's like, based on what I made last year or the year before that, if last year was a weird year or whatever, based on what I think that I can make this year, how would I want to spend my money? If I know that no matter what this year, I'm going to make at least $250,000, how much would I want to make sure that I'm taking home? And then out of what you want to take home from that, if it's 150 grand or 100,000, How much of that is like tax deductible business expenses? Like, is your business paying for your health insurance? Is your business paying for your car? Is your business paying for your cell phone, et cetera, et cetera? Add all of that up. Okay, good. There's 80 grand left over or whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay, how much of that is going to my salary and how much of it is going to be coming out in draws? And then you can just, you know, you can figure it out. And then whatever's left is what you spend on business expenses and how much is left really determines how fluffy you can get with your business expenses. Because we all know that there are some business expenses that aren't actually directly driving revenue, right? Like you might want to freshen up your pictures and get a new photo shoot, or you might want to like mess around with your website and like have somebody overhaul it or whatever. But like, this might not be the year to do it. If you doing that in your business is the difference between you being able to go on your family vacation this year or not. Right. So it's about like planning in advance. Um, But it is about like digging into like really looking at your numbers and digging into the different areas 
um, that can help you save money on taxes and take more home by like how you pay yourself, by what benefits your business is paying for, by what expenses your business is not paying for anymore. Now that you know that they're not tax deductible or now that you know that they're not driving revenue in the way that you thought, et cetera, right? So just quickly, you say that, so that whole owner's draw thing is if um, you're incorporated. Is that what you're saying? Mm -hmm. So like if you're not incorporated, you can't do owner's draws. Like, I feel like we should touch on that in case anyone's like, but I don't know if I'm incorporated or not, or I'm not incorporated. Is there a difference? Is there anything okay. in terms of that? Like if, if you're not incorporated or you have a different, what is it, structure, business structure? So you're in conversation in itself. <laughs> you're probably, if you are an S corp, most, nobody listening is probably a C corp. If you're, you're either an S corp or you're not incorporated for the purposes of this, not incorporated is you're a sole proprietor, you're an LLC, but have not filed as an S corp, or you have a partnership and you have not filed as an S corp. So if you are not incorporated, meaning you have not made an S corp election, everything is an owner's draw. Whatever you spend out of your business that's personal and doesn't qualify as a business expense and whatever money you take out of your business is an owner's draw. Okay. So you're, the tax is just going to be different anyways. You're not having that salary tax piece. Right. And so if you are pulling money out of your business, or if, if you're, it's hard to tell, it depends on like your, your household income situation. And it depends on like your revenue minus your expenses and how much net profit you have. But basically when you are not incorporated, you have to pay self-employment taxes on your net profit. So if you earn a hundred thousand and your business expenses are 20,000, you have $80,000 of net profit and you have to pay self-employment taxes on that. So you have to pay 15.3% in tax on that net profit. And then whatever's left goes into your personal tax return and then you pay taxes on it again. So if you have a lot of net profit, right? Compared to your revenue, it might make sense for you to incorporate when you incorporate, that just means that you're saying my business and me personally are two separate things. Now you have to file a corporate tax return in addition to your normal tax return. And you have to pay yourself payroll as an employee of your company, right? Because you're not your company anymore. You can't just like, when you're not incorporated, you are your company. The money's coming in, it's going out, whatever. It's all yours. It's all yours. So you have to pay taxes on the whole thing. And it all flows through your personal tax return. Once you incorporate, there's some separation. And so the whole thing about incorporating is that you pay yourself, you have to pay yourself a salary, you have to pay, file a corporate tax return. But one of the benefits of incorporating is that you pay that 15.3% self-employment taxes on your W-2 pay instead, on your salary instead. Okay. So the employer pays 7.65 and the employee pays 7.65. And then the rest of your net profit doesn't pay self-employment taxes because you're not self-employed anymore. So you're able to save some money on taxes by incorporating, but it doesn't always make sense for everyone because there has to be enough net profit there for you to be able to pay yourself a salary and you have to pay to process payroll. You have to pay to file a corporate return. You have to like do all of these other things too that cost money. So like the benefit has to justify the expenses to incorporate. And part of that, my strategy guide is like 30 pages long <laughs> on my website. So if you download it, it's actually like in depth with like going into like 
the reasonable salary stuff and the incorporating and like how you would look for expenses. But 10K in your business is $833 a month, right? And it feels like a lot of money. It is a lot of money. But when you're running a business, money can slip through the cracks really, really quickly in so many different ways, not just how you spend. And like, that's why I'm so confident that if you haven't looked at, if you don't have like a really proactive bookkeeper and CPA, and if you're not really proactive or like knowledgeable about those things, and you don't really have strategy behind how you are spending and operating in your business, it's very likely that if you kind of like go through the guide with your QuickBooks and with like your numbers from last year, you will find money and be able to like recoup that money going forward for other things. Yeah. So wait, just to kind of like recap some of those things. And of course, people should go get this guide so that they can like go into more depth because <laughs> That, yeah, if you have 30 pages on all of this, obviously we can't go over everything right now, but basically like, I want to just kind of think about what we've talked about. So there's whether you're incorporating and how your owner's draws versus salary works out. Like that's one place that you can be potentially finding a lot of money. The deductions we talked about, like the different business and tax deductions is one place and like how you're using them for personal or business stuff is another place. Did we, was there a third thing? I feel like those are kind of the two main ones we talked about. Is there like a third, was there a third thing we said? Yeah. So the two main ways that you can find money in your business is by dialing into how you're paying yourself if you're incorporated and, or incorporating if you're not incorporated, but it makes sense for you. And in looking at your business expenses, either in shifting business expenses that are being paid for after tax personally now to your business, so that they can be tax deductible, or taking expenses that aren't tax deductible on your business and aren't driving revenue and pulling them off of your business and eliminating them, right? There's also... Yeah, those things. And I still haven't, that's not quite 10,000. Like what else can I do? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If you've, if you look at those things and it's not quite 10,000, what can you do? You can look at leveraging tax deferred accounts. So like, is your business funding retirement or anything pre-tax for you? Your business can put away money pre-tax, have it grow and compound tax-free for you or tax deferred for you. And so leveraging tax deferred accounts is shielding that from your business. So that's like 401k, simple IRA, SEP IRA, um, a traditional IRA, even the traditional IRA is a personal thing. You can take the 6,000 from your business and have it be pre-tax and let it compound and grow. And so the growth that you're getting off of that um, is valuable and like find some of that 10,000, right? And there's also HSA. So like if you have a high deductible health plan, using a health savings account is another way um, that you can get money out of your business and grow it to like build wealth tax-free for personal benefit, right? Oh, there's also like eliminating debt and like looking at like how you're paying for things. So understanding like how compound interest is working against you with credit cards. I mean, many entrepreneurs are like using business credit cards, not maximizing the rewards on those business credit cards. That's one area. Paying um, interest when you don't need to be on the credit cards, right? Like improperly planning and like paying interest on like daily expenses that are accruing, not just things that you need to pay over time can save substantial money just by like, If you're carrying a credit card balance, this is one of the strategies in the guide is if you're carrying a credit card balance, just using a different credit card for your daily spending or shifting things to debit until you pay down that credit card balance 
cuts the amount of interest that you're paying substantially. So you're not overpaying for those things that you are, um, the daily things that you need in your business that you have the cash for, right? So that's part of it. Another thing is just looking at how you're paying for things and paying in full instead of payment plans. Because paying in full for like your annual subscriptions can sometimes save like 20 or 30%. So you're overpaying things in your business just because you're not planning well for the big expense. So there's, there are really a lot of areas. If you're looking at your finances, if you're looking at your business spending, that can save you well over $10,000, right? It's like layering different strategies that help you get there for most people. For some people, it's like one strategy and it's like, oh, I changed how I'm paying myself in salary or incorporated and all of a sudden it's abandoned or I decided to put my kid on payroll for $12,000 and it saved me five grand in personal taxes or whatever. Like there are things like that that you can do that have really big hits, but just like being more conscious of like what you're spending and how and doing some shifting. Um, can really help too. So it's about like looking at your money and not being afraid to like advocate for yourself and ask questions and to be curious about it. Yeah. Um, but I know it's hard and I know it's complicated and I know like sometimes you don't even know what to ask and like right. that's why I created my program. <laughs> like this isn't that's a pitch so for that. But like, to, like planning in advance. Like if you can sit down at the beginning of the year or like the end of the previous year and and plan out some of this stuff even if you don't know exactly how much you're going to bring in in the business or exactly how much you're going to make, if you can, like, as you said, kind of use last year as a benchmark or use these minimums of like, well, I know I can at least bring in this much and then plan in advance for some of those things. Like, as you, like, I feel like what you were alluding to of like, if you know, you're going to use this service throughout the year, plan for it when you know you'll have enough cash to to just pay for the year up front like that might feel like a lot at some point in time if you're not expecting it but if you've planned for it and you know like hey I know I'm gonna get you know this much cash from like this client at this time of year let me pay for my yearly subscription for that thing like Mm -hmm. right then when I have it and then over the long run it's gonna save a lot of money even if you wouldn't necessarily have that lump sum if you hadn't planned for it in that way And those Mm -hmm. kinds of things. Like if you're thinking about it in advance, you have a lot of potential for saving money is like, that's what I feel like I'm hearing, which is hard. I know, like, I feel like it's, it's hard to sit down and like, try to figure that stuff out, especially because there are so many unknowns of like, well, but what if I don't, you know, make that much money at that time? Or what if like, you know, it's not recurring in the same schedule as it did last year or something like that. But Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing that like, I strongly believe is that business revenue is predictable to a certain degree, right? So it's like, we don't make money on the same cadence. It's very rare as a business to make money on the same cadence every single month, every single year, right? Every single quarter, even. It's like the timing of cash flows can be different, especially like it depends on your business, right? Some businesses, do like a subscription-based thing. And it's like every month they kind of average the same amount of money and it's more predictable. There are other businesses like real estate, for example, if you're a realtor, you have no idea. Like, you know, the busiest, the busy seasons, but your sales cycle is longer. People are looking for houses and then they're going to buy it and they you might get paid in March. That, that sale might fall through and that client might buy their house in September of next year, right? It's really hard to know in some businesses like what the timing of cash flow is. But if you've been in business, if you're a mature business, meaning you've been in business for a while and you're operating on like similar offers, you have a client base, et cetera, Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You can make decisions, even if your income is is variable, you can and should be able to make decisions using some degree of certainty over some number of revenue. You should be able to plan. You don't need to wait to see what you made. It seems like even the accountability of being like, okay, let's check this stuff every quarter or even like half halfway through the year, because it sounds like even if you kind of, you know, maybe you do make the plan based on your minimums of like what you, you know, feel confident in and think you can do, but then halfway through the year, you've actually done really great and made a lot more. It might be worth revisiting it at that point. Cause maybe that does shift things around or change something. So is, is that the kind of thing you guys do in the, in your program? <laughs> it is. <laughs> like, will you, will you like remind people like, Hey, now's the time to kind of like check these things and like, see if you should update things or, or plan for this X, Y, Z at this point. Things yeah. Like that. I mean, it's always, so it's always time to update things. I mean, that's the thing is like, you can't like, like we should be aware on a monthly basis, basically is that what you're trying to tell me? (laughs) Right. I mean, like you don't have to look at these things on a monthly basis, but at least quarterly, you should be looking at like, what did I make? What did I spend? And how does that shake up to how I had planned to spend? And if you need somebody else's eyes on it, then it's like making an appointment with talking to your bookkeeper and saying like, Hey, what, what are we not doing together that we could be doing that you think might help me? If anything could be nothing. Right. Or sitting down with your accountant and being like, here's what I made. Here's what I um, spent. Like, am I not thinking about something? I was planning on putting this much into my 401k or into my IRA this year, but it looks like I'm making more money. Like, should I open a 401k or is a SEP IRA or a simple IRA different? Your accountant might say like, you need a financial advisor. That's not a question for me, but they might answer it. Right. And so it's like, it's about having conversations of like, Hey, my kid's eight years old. Like, how does it work if I were to pay him in my business? Like how much would I pay him? Or what, what have you seen eight-year-olds do based on this? Like, would you recommend that? And like, just having those kind of questions, but like looking at your numbers every quarter is smart because this is this is smart personally too, not just in business. Like it's not smart to like just spend money and be like, oh, well, like I'm not overdrafting my accounts and I don't have any credit card debt. So I guess I'm good. Like you want to reevaluate like how much am I, again, how much am I spending? How much am I saving? How much am I investing? You don't have to save and invest every year. People have, or every quarter or whatever, people have different seasons in their lives and in their businesses, but you want to make sure that if you're not saving or investing, that it's a conscious decision. Like you're deciding that like, Hey, you know what? Things are a little bit crazy now. I just got back from maternity leave, blah, blah, blah. I want to spend more time at home. And like, by choice, we're not saving or investing right now, but here's how we're going to ramp up. And like, even if nothing changes, even if like you don't get married, you don't have a kid, nothing changes in your business, blah, blah, blah. Like your preferences change, your goals change, your desires change. You hit one goal, you set another one, like how are you getting there? You know what I mean? And so there's opportunity cost to like not looking at your numbers and not planning both on the personal side and on the business side. And so it's like, unpopular to say that like you would need to look at things you don't have to track every penny but like you do need to like look and 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 see if this falls along with the plan and if you're looking and you don't know what you're looking at like if you're opening your quickbooks and being like all right like my books are reconciled like but i don't even know what this means then you need help right like you need somebody one-on-one or you need like that's that's really the value of my program isn't like the hey every quarter look at your numbers it's more like Hey, there are group coaching calls live, like, come tell me, like, what are you making? What's going on? What, 
Like if you say, Hey, I'm earning this much in revenue and I'm my, I found $30,000 of personal expenses for my business that are um, getting paid. Like they're this, 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 and this, like, does that sound right? Like I can say like, well, like, what about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? Like, did you think about those things? And we can talk through it. Right. It's just about like having a sounding board so that you know what question to like go back and like, ask or something that knows what they're talking about. Like, <laughs> I feel like you're more than a sounding board, probably. Like you actually know, like, yeah, what things I'm not even thinking of writing off because I wouldn't even know that they it would exist or vice versa. And you're like, actually, this should be and this shouldn't be. Like it's concrete, like, yeah, more details than I would be able to know on my own. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I feel like we all need to sign up for this immediately. So <laughs> Well, tell me this. I always ask people, I feel like uh, I always ask people how, first of all, what, um, and again, I know you've been on the show before, so you probably have already answered this, but who knows, maybe you have a different answer. What's one thing you wish you knew about more about when you started your business? This stuff. <laughs> like, I was going to say, it seems like I'm changing the subject, but I feel like it probably connects. I mean, honestly, like when I started my business, I was not thinking about it from the perspective of like, oh, this is how you get money out. Like the whole point of my business is to pay for my lifestyle and to build wealth for myself outside of my business. Like I kind of just thought that like, oh, you grow your business and that's how you build wealth. And it's like, no, you grow your business. That's how you grow income. And how you build wealth is investing that revenue, investing that net profit to grow for you, right? To create passive income, to be able to like have assets, to be able to like, do things. And so I was like, I was chasing a revenue number. My biggest mistake early on in my business was like, okay, how do I get to a hundred thousand? How do I get to 250? How do I get to 500? How do I get, you know what I mean? Like, do I hire people? Do I get another coach? Do I get another, whatever? It was all about like, how do I grow? How do I grow? How do I grow? Everyone's always talking about scaling, scaling, scaling. And it's like, I have clients who are bringing in $2 million in their business, $6 million in their business. And like, they know how to make money, but how much they keep is a big question mark. And then I have clients who have businesses who it's like, they barely make 100K, but it's like they have no business expenses and they are properly leveraging it. And that's fine. And that's paying for their lifestyle and meeting all their goals, right? And they're able to build wealth. So it's like, it's a huge spectrum. Your revenue your revenue does matter in some ways, but it also doesn't matter at all. It's like, what are you trying to achieve? And what industry are you in? What business are you in? So like all this, I wish I like just ignored the noise about like mm. growing and scaling my revenue because early on I was reinvesting. I had so many years where like on my tax returns, I had like negative income because I was spending more than I was making in my business on reinvesting and growing my revenue. But then it's like, for what, to what end? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So so true. Okay. Any last piece of advice for other entrepreneurs, business owners? I feel like this I, look at your numbers, download, download the strategy guide and find money in your business and use that money to build wealth. I think that is, that's it. That's the main thing. I mean, we started, like we started with the best advice, right? The best yeah, advice is like, Episode. Start with start with what you want. Um, start with what you want to make personally. That really is at the end of the day, like know what you need to come out of your business personally. And then it's like, what do you want to come out of your business personally? And then reverse engineer it backwards. If you're a new business, it's going to be harder to do that um, because you don't have the same certainty. But if you've been in business for three years or more, like 
this you should be coming from the perspective of like what is my business how is my business funding my life and my goals yeah and start there yeah how can can people sign up for the program now how can they find you if they want to like find the program or look into it more or things like that how can they do it yeah so if you are interested in knowing more about the program, you can book a call with me actually on my Calendly. I'm, Alessandra, you can probably drop the link or whatever. I do like profit to wealth discovery calls just to make sure it's just like a 20 minute call to like find out like what's going on in your business and with your finances and to see whether or not it's actually something like that's actually a good fit for you. Okay. Um, so there's no like public sales page for that. Okay, nice. Like people can just like, chat with you first and like see what it's about yeah so everyone should do that I feel like everyone should go do that if nothing else um and how else can they find you how can they besides I mean we'll yeah we'll share the calendar link but tell us your website how they can f- connect with you online if they want to if they're not sure they want to like book that call yet or whatever yeah yeah everything is at Peterkin Financial so Instagram is at Peterkin Financial my website is peterkinfinancial.com Okay. We'll share all that. Yeah, for sure. Um, awesome. Thank you so much for coming on here. I hope everybody's like inspired to go find $10,000 today. Go find $10,000 in your business. If you don't find 10,000, you'll get really close. I'm sure. I'm pretty excited about this. I'm going to like, I literally want to go do these things. Okay. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. I hope that everybody goes to look at their 10K thing and makes, finds $10,000 in their business today. Thank you so, so much. You're welcome. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe to Quotable, a female millennial entrepreneur podcast, wherever you listen. So you won't miss the next episode and leave a review on iTunes. So other people will be able to find us easily. Also, don't be shy to get in touch with me or anyone you've heard on the show. We're all about connecting and our Instagram handles and contact links are always in the show notes or online at quotablemediaco.com slash podcast. If you want to join the community of other female millennial entrepreneurs, join our Facebook group by searching female millennial entrepreneurs on Facebook. Talk to you soon and see you there.